Welcome to the Catholic Influencers Podcast. We're so blessed to be with you again for another week expressing, explaining, exploring the Word of God. I'm here today with Alyssa and my co-host who's going to just um, share and break open the Word with you this week. How are you doing, Alyssa? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm doing well, yes. Just here um, up early this morning in um currently in a place of lockdown so um i'm keeping away from people How about, <laughs> well, you're in also in a place of lockdown i'm also in a place of lockdown so um if i put some makeup on today add my <laughs> track pants it feels good <laughs> well, that's good um, i i have this i'm wearing track pants as well so that's the advantage <laughs> the advantage of working in a camera you know i'll be with my clerical shirt on top but then, then with my tracksuit pants <laughs> underneath. no one will ever know and i won't say anything if you don't say anything <laughs> Right. All good. <laughs> so anything exciting that's been happening to you, for you, with you? Um, yes, yeah, so I've been in lockdown for a week now. So um, as the listeners know, my husband and I are full-time musicians. So we have to kind of create our own work at the moment. So we've just decided to go back to doing some live online gigs on oh. a Friday night. That's exciting. That's um, with the unlimited cover band that's right yeah um we're doing that and we're just gonna continue to make online videos my husband's really enjoying the studio so yes. yeah but also just kind of watching netflix and doing all the lockdown things <laughs> what fun <laughs> there you go i i switched on my tv for the first time in weeks because i've just been sitting out in the garden believe it or not just um in the evening i have a, like a glass hut where i sit in yeah. <laughs> and enjoying that but uh, yeah I, I just watched um apple plus yesterday for the first time then i'm exploring that awesome okay so look um today we're going to talk about um the kingdom of god we're going to explore a little bit about um uh, um, and the un Catholic understanding of the kingdom of God, scriptural understanding of the kingdom of God, but also the purpose. Why should we be in the kingdom of God? Why should we do the will of God? It's so much easier uh, sometimes not to do it. Eh? Definitely. But, <laughs> but once we've encountered this love of God, uh, it's, it should come out of overflow. And then we're going to talk about an interesting topic, um, tough topic, which is what? Heaven and hell. Heaven and hell. Oh, my goodness. So, well, I would just say this before we get to the point. Yes, they do exist. Yes, yes. heaven exists. Heaven exists. And we'll talk a little bit about that and how we can get to heaven and how we can avoid hell. So to, this may be like top 10 tips on how to get to heaven and avoid hell. <laughs> Sounds good. We all need it. Yeah, exactly. So I'm going to hand over to Alyssa um, and you're going to proclaim this Sunday's gospel for us so that we can break it open. And I ask even as you do listen to this word of God, let God speak to you wherever you are in your car, at home, watching this on YouTube. Um, just let the Lord speak to you. Sow a seed in your heart as you, you um, understand the word of God. So today, this week's gospel comes from the book of Matthew, chapter 13, verses 44 to 52. The kingdom of heaven is like treasures hidden in a field, which someone found and hid. Then, in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls. On finding one pearl of great value, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. Again, 
The kingdom of heaven is like a net that was thrown into the sea and caught fish of every kind. When it was full, they drew it ashore, sat down, and put the good into baskets, but threw out the bad. So it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come out and separate the evil from the righteous and throw them into the furnace of fire, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Have you understood all this? They answered, yes. And he said to them, therefore, every scribe who has been trained for the kingdom of heaven is like the master of a household who brings out of his treasure what is new and what is old. Yeah, wow. Um, a, a lot there. The kingdom of God is like. The kingdom of God is like. The kingdom of God is like. That's so, <laughs> it's a sort of an analogy, sort of a metaphor. Um, and metaphors, analogies are often very frustrating because, like, I often speak in metaphor when I try and give a teaching, especially online. You know, I give a teaching video. I try to use a metaphor to try and explain something. But the thing about metaphor, and this is why Jesus gives three in this one scripture verse, is because metaphors are finite. They they only bring out a certain truth. And so sometimes I'd give a story and I'd say, the kingdom of God is like, or whatever, and I give a teaching. And people in the comments would write, well, th- this part of the analogy is not quite right. This part is not quite right. What if it was like this? And we just need to understand. And Jesus understood even then that analogy was... In- finite it was imperfect and so mm-hmm. jesus is jesus telling us the kingdom trying to bring out one single truth from every like from every um, the kingdom of god is like so is there something that you um that stood out for you in the scripture there was heaps that stood out for me in this scripture and i kind of broke it down into four parts Um, I I did find interesting that the first two, even though they were different and they were bringing out different truths, they were both kind of connected. So we've got that, um, I guess, that parable of the treasures hidden in the field and the parable of searching for that pearl of great, great price. They're both talking about the response to the kingdom of heaven. So both people in the, in the parables, once they understood the treasure, it was an easy decision for them to give up everything that they had. Yeah, absolutely. And so it's about tasting and seeing. You see, a few weeks ago, we had the scripture, taste and see that the Lord is good. And it's about once you've tasted that, then you're ruined for everything else. I don't know. Uh, Two things I like. I love my coffee and I occasionally love a good whiskey. Okay, (laughs) But this is the same with, you see, since I've started having good coffee, I've been ruined for instant coffee. What, that's, what that means is that instant coffee doesn't taste like coffee for me anymore. Mm. Same with a whiskey. If you've tasted a good single malt whiskey, you cannot drink your, <laughs> your, your cheaper blends, so to speak, because you've been ruined for something else, sort of. And this is what Jesus is saying here, the pearl of great price. Once you taste and see, once you experience the greatness of this, the beauty of a precious pearl, then you're going to be ruined for imitation you're going to be ruined not only for the imitation which could be considered bad but you're also going to be ruined for the the cheaper versions yes this is what the pearls were you know you could buy a whole i don't know how much would you pay for a a, a entry pearl necklace would you know i don't even know if people would pearls are a bit i feel like it's something the older women would wear yes (laughs) (laughs) so i actually have no idea um Maybe we'll but, Google but we can find out. We can find out and let you know next time. How's that? 
But say it's worth $400, $300 for a pearl necklace. But you, you can buy a pearl necklace for three, four hundred, maybe five hundred dollars. But then there can be a single pearl that could be worth a million dollars. You know what I mean? Or half a million dollars just for one pearl. And so this is, again, the analogy that Jesus is saying here. Don't, don't sell yourself short. Don't settle for the, even though there are more pearls, don't settle for, for the pearl necklace that is worth two, three hundred dollars. When I'm here offering you a pearl of great price, and that is something so valuable, that's going to ruin you for the pearl necklace. <laughs> yeah, so you- definitely. And I guess, you know, in terms of our own lives, we often search for happiness in mm. so many other things. You know, we search for it in material things. We search for it in status, in pleasure. Um, but I guess once we come to know Jesus and come to know his love for us, nothing, all those other things that we think are going to give us happiness don't compare to, I guess, this pearl of great price. Yes. And this pearl that he's talking about is the kingdom of God. Mm. And the kingdom of God is to know and to do the will of God. And it's not very attractive, is it? Like, okay, the great pearl of prize, great prize is to know and to do the will of God. It's for some, it would sound like, oh my goodness, I see nothing valuable about that. Mm. Nothing precious about that. But you see, to know and to do the will of God means to know the mind of God, to know the heart of God and to fall, to, to let out of overflow of knowing the heart and the will and the mind of God to follow in, in obedience. So like if you're in love, falling in love with someone, if, if I told you like for, for Daniel, um, your husband, sort of these, you're going to enter into a relationship and you're going to have, you're going to be cooking, you're going to be cleaning, you're going to be working late nights, you're going to be touring to make ends meet, you're going to be, do- and I just give you the list of things that you, you're going to have to do without the joy that comes from those moments, you know? Yeah. Like uh, staying the late nights because it's a work you enjoy. You enjoy being with the person you love. And so, again, the kingdom of God, to know and to do the will of God is, should be out of an overflow of love that this world cannot give. Mm. And so, there, and, but his, can I just say this? It is, he's not saying that the pearls are not good. He's not saying that the pearl necklace isn't good. The $200 necklace isn't good. Nowhere here that he says, like, throw away that pearl necklace. But he's saying it, it cannot compare to the love of God. So human relationships, you know what I mean? Social justice, all the great things that we do, these are great pearls, but none compare, none compare to the, the great doing these things and entering into the kingdom of God and bringing all of these things into this beautiful place of encounter with God, the kingdom of God. Yeah, absolutely. There's this guy, St. Thomas Aquinas. He was uh, one of the, maybe one of the greatest theologians that ever lived. So some people who don't really like him, some theologians who don't necessarily like his... his but he's in no, no doubt one of the greatest theologians in the Catholic Church. And he wrote a series called the Summa Theologica, which is probably the foundation of a lot of our theology today, our, our, our natural law. And so much has come out of St. Thomas Aquinas and volumes that wouldn't fit in my studio. You know what I mean? It's like... He's written so much. 
But there's a story of him just before he was dying with, when his brothers found him in the chapel with his head inside the tabernacle door. And he was crying, he was weeping, and he was just in love with God. And he was, when he turned around with tears in his face, he turned to his brothers, he says, please, please destroy all my work, throw it away. And he said, because that is nothing, it is straw compared to this love of God. You know, so that was, it's a great thing. Yes, fantastic, these volumes we use till today, but they make no sense unless we encounter the kingdom of God and bring those into the light of the kingdom of God. Yeah, it's a great story. Great story, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what other insights do you have for, for this pearl of great prize? Yeah, I just thought it was um, interesting to talk about how the, the person stumbled upon this pearl of great price or this treasure in two different ways. And, and Jesus shows us that through that parable. So I guess that person, the second person was searching, but the mm. first person just stumbled upon it. Yeah. And I, I guess in those times, something that I found really interesting in researching for this podcast was that only the rich um, people had the means and I guess the, the money to be able to secure their valuables. So a lot of the common people had to just bury their valuables in the ground. And sometimes, you know, they might die or they might have to flee um, because of war and they never actually got to return to the place where they buried those valuables. So it was a really common thing for the ordinary person mm. to just stumble upon a treasure. And according to Jewish law at that time, like if you stumbled upon this treasure, it would be considered yours. Anyway, wow. then so you go and look for your pearl and it's gone. Yeah, I know. Spewing for the person who hid it. But, I know, um... poor guy. Poor girl. <laughs> but yeah, so some people spend their whole life searching and some people used to spend their whole life just looking for treasures. And then there are people who stumble upon it. And yeah. God doesn't make a preference. It doesn't say, okay, those of you who have spent your whole life searching for the kingdom of God, you deserve a greater pearl. And those of you who stumbled, a smaller pearl. No, it's unfair. The kingdom of God, we will see throughout the scripture, even when we talk later about heaven and hell, it is unfair. Heaven is unfair. Mm. Because we don't, none of us deserve to get there. But finding the treasure of God is unfair also because it's extravagant. It's yeah. undeserving on our part that God is just giving us this grace, um, whether we stumble upon it or whether we spend our whole life searching for it. Mm. The second part, there's a, so the first part was the pearls. The second part was the catch and separation. What do you have there? What are your insights, Alyssa, on this? Um, yeah, so um, I found that it was, uh, it's kind of got a correlation to what you were talking about with Georgia last week in the parable of the weeds, because it's talking about, you know, the exclusion of um, evil persons from the kingdom and that temptation for us to, you know, separate ourselves from that, that mm. bad fish. But again, you know, that's, that's the work of God when, you know, he decides that he wants to do that. Yes. So there are like, the, again, this is the second analogy, okay, that Jesus is giving. He's saying, his, and it makes sense because he was in a fishing village when he was talking about this. So he would talk in a way that people would understand. He's talking about um, fishing. And people understood that there was fishing in two different ways when it came to 
when it came to nets, okay? So there was the first way where it was like the net was in like a, a ball and they'd swing it, they'd throw it. And then, I don't know, we've all seen this and it opens up, there are pieces of lead and it falls down. And that requires an acute eye. So you need to actually see, you need to see um, where the fish are in order to catch them. But then there was the second way that they would fish and that was through trawling where they'd throw this net into the water, tie it to the back of their rowing boat, and they'd start rowing. And as they row, the net would open into a cone form, and it would trawl, and it would catch everything in its way. So the good fish, the bad fish, the plastic, I don't know what else it would catch. Face um, masks. Face masks, all of this. Um, <laughs> just uh, things that were um, bring it into this net. And then what the work that the fishermen would have to do when they came back and then they'd have to get rid of the face masks and get rid of the small fish that they couldn't cook and get rid of the poisonous fish and get rid of and to make sure that they are left with things that they can eat or they can sell yeah and so and i think this is before you know the pearl of great prize jesus was talking about the separation between what is good and what is best here, Jesus takes it a little bit deeper. He says, okay, now we've talked about what is good and what is best, but let's have a quick discussion, he's saying, you know, about what is good and what is bad. So there are certain bad things, yes, that we need. There's, I think it's Psalm 51. And it says, it says, know my heart and know if there are any evil ways in me. Search me, O God, and know me. You know, it's about asking God to separate, to take away the bad things in our lives. Yeah. But it's not only things in our lives, it's also the things, bad things in the kingdom of God. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes like people even, you know, in the church, people who are profiting from the kingdom of God, um, people who are using their powers, you know, um, rather than, oh, how do I say this? So, even in abuse, you know, I mean, the exactly. abuse that we've had yeah. in the church. Like, yeah. come on, separation, how we need to separate these things. This, this all comes from a thirst for power and, and, and control. And, and so all of this, this um, is about the separation of the kingdom of God, that we need to throw them back, get rid of the, purify the church as well. Exactly. And it's like, like these kind of people, they're losing sight as what, of, of what the kingdom of God really is, which Absolutely. again is to know and um and to do the do will the of will. God. Exactly. Exactly. And so we can so easily get blinded in any institution, in any work, in any job, that we lose sight of what we're here for. And that is to help people fall in love with Jesus and to ourselves to know, to love and to serve Jesus. And so, but there are a mixture of people, but also know it, it's, that God is a patient God. You know, God, God is a patient God. He, he works with us so patiently. As long as we have our eyes on knowing and doing the will of God. Yeah. And I guess we can move to the, the final part of this gospel reading, which talks about the treasures of new and old. So I guess Jesus yeah. here, after he gives his discourse on those three parables, he's asking the disciples if they understood what he was talking about. And the disciples said yes. Um, and I guess that the, the final parable where we talk about the, the master of the household it's like Jesus is challenging the disciples to fulfill this responsibility of, you know, I thought this was a really interesting point, like not forgetting everything that you knew before and bringing all those, all those old, all those old things, for example, you know, the law and the prophets, bringing all those things to new light in terms of the way, um, in terms of the teachings of Jesus. Mm. 
Absolutely. And so there are the two things that Jesus was talking about here. He spoke on two different layers. Is one, again, reiterating what he said in the previous analogies, saying, get rid of the old things, get rid of the things that don't belong to me in your heart and in your life, uh, and, and um, embrace the new. But he's also talking about the old and new enlightening the old in in the light of the new so don't forget all you knew before you met him so when once you encounter there's a school of thought that says even especially in the catholic church i think a lot of protestant churches are are more easy with this i've seen anyway in certain places but it's not but like they are ready some some people think like once I encounter the love of God and I've entered the kingdom of God, I have to get rid of my old life. Like I have to get rid of my talents, I have to get rid of my business, I have to get rid of all the things that I did before. But Jesus is saying this is don't get rid of the 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 things that you knew before, that you experienced before. For example, maybe you used to do social justice before, you played music before, you were a business person before, you were a scholar before. Uh, you used to go to the gym before, play music before, do artwork, a dance, or whatever it is. Once you enter the kingdom of God, once you experience this love of God, let the new light shine upon those and use them for the kingdom of God. Because that's, again, part of the pearl of great price. That's part of the valuable pearl. When you sell everything for this pearl, for this treasure, it doesn't mean you get rid of everything, but you sell the, the need to make money. You sell the need to, for vanity. You sell the need for self-glory. But in, in, in the new light, you turn it towards God and say, God, you be glorified. Lord, you be magnified. Lord, let your beauty be seen, not mine. And it just gives you a new light and a new joy and a new peace and a new fulfillment as well. Oh, definitely. I can totally speak to that. Um, the listeners know that I'm a full-time musician. So, um, I used to keep music and faith like really separate things. I used to think, you know, God can't come with me in the pub. Like that's just Mm -hmm. (laughs) totally not going to happen. Um, and I actually came to a point where I thought, you know, if I'm going to, you know, be Catholic and live out my faith, you know, I have to give up all these other things that I was doing because I just couldn't find a way to mesh the two things together. But the moment that I did that, I think I was talking to you about this, actually. Mm. You were saying, no, 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 you can totally bring God into those places. So, you know, before I would do a gig, you know, directing it to glorify God. How can I glorify you tonight? And you said that word fulfillment, and it's totally true. Like, so I guess an encouragement to the listeners that everything that like you've been given gifts for a reason and God wants you to use those and all those things that make up your personality, you don't need to throw that away once you encounter the love of God, because it's just, you're going to be so much more fulfilled if you mesh them all together. Yes. And I, of course, there's that need for discernment. You know, if it's taking you away from the kingdom of God, then it's important that you step away. But the point here is that God doesn't give us a gift to throw it away once we encounter him. God wants to purify that gift. And that's what it is about. This is about the old and the new. It's about purification. It's about taking these gifts that God has given us and directing them, purifying them towards him, towards glorifying him. If you find, for example, that you cannot do that, that it's still causing you too much vanity, it's still causing you to be with the wrong crowds, then yes, absolutely discern. See, maybe it's a good thing to step away for a while at least until you can find a new platform to do these things. 
But again, God doesn't contradict himself, give us a gift through, our, through the natural law, through our talents, and then decide to take them away when we encounter him or when we decide to follow him. So, yeah, uh, it, old and new, again, the patience of God, God bringing us to that pearl of great prize, that the fulfillment, the joy, entering, beginning the kingdom of God and heaven while we're here on earth. That's a really great segue into the topic, I think. <laughs> Here's one I prepared earlier. <laughs> so where do we go from here? So I think we have a dad joke section. Sure. Can you, can, can... Can you, as a, can you do a dad joke? Or does it have to be a guy? No, anyone can do it. I feel joke. like I feel like you should do it. No, but <laughs> maybe I'll do one, and then All right, and do I'll one. do one. Okay, yeah. okay. And then we'll have a competition, <laughs> and the people right. can comment. Uh, Please vote on, on our social media, vote, <laughs> uh, Catholic influencers underscore, or even on YouTube. You can comment below to see. Um, why don't you go first? Sure, I got to pick a really good one now. Yeah, we, we'll do um, two each. Okay. Did you hear about the guy who invented the knock-knock joke? No. He won the Nobel Prize. So funny. Okay. So I like telling dad jokes. Sometimes he laughs. <laughs> not bad. Not that, bad. What, you weren't expecting that. <laughs> no, I wasn't. Those of you who don't, didn't get it, don't worry. Let it go. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. We'll move on. Topic time. Um, okay, so what we're going to do now is we're going to talk about heaven and hell. Like, this is a scary topic, eh? Super serious. But, but also, yeah, we... mm -hmm, super serious, I like that. <laughs> yeah. so, this is now getting some really good Catholic stuff. <laughs> But as we said at the beginning, heaven exists, hell exists. And I will say this, that you don't get to heaven by accident and you don't get to hell by accident. Both are a choice. Definitely. Whether we choose it at the last moment or we choose it through the way we live our lives. Heaven and hell, where we're going to spend eternity. You see, our lives are just short here. Uh, spending, We're going to spend eternity in one of these places now there is purgatory as well but if you're going to take this anthropomorphically it's not going to be for eternity you see eternity is only spent in heaven or in hell although yeah. we can have a time of purgatory of, of purification there's a really great quote great great quote from um, saint Teresa of Lisieux. <laughs> um it says the world is thy ship and not thy home so i guess we are created for heaven yep Absolutely. And this is a time for us to discern heaven, to choose heaven mm -hmm. over hell. But the thing is, again, uh, to use it to quote another St. Teresa, I think it is uh, of, the, of the flower, different St. Teresa. She says this, I hope that hell is empty and heaven is full. Beautiful. But, but we know through scripture that that isn't so. Because Jesus himself says that there will be, um, he even defined people who will be in a place where there would be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Yeah. And so um, we know um, that heaven and hell exist. What, what is heaven? What do you understand, Alyssa? What do you understand heaven to be? I understand heaven to be God himself. It's so where our souls are eternal and so our souls live in endless union with God. And in heaven, we're going to experience perfect joy, happiness with God and with all the angels and the saints. And there'll be an absence of um, 
suffering. Yes. Well, I tell you one thing I don't imagine heaven to be. I don't imagine heaven to be a place full of clouds uh, with harps and little angels <laughs> with little wings playing on harps. That, that is not, that's not what heaven is. It's heaven is, as you said, it's perfect union with the one you love. It's mm. to the point of love where if we were to experience that, even a glimpse of that love right now, our hearts would explode. But because we're not limited by our bodies, because we're not limited by our sinfulness, we can receive this fullness of love forever and grow. You see, heaven is not static. It grows. We grow in love as we spend time with God and we love God. And so, he's, in fact, Jesus talks is, again in the scripture about the monai, the different. There are many houses in my, there are many rooms in my father's house. And so it's about the transition from one room to a bigger room, to a bigger room, to a bigger room. It's where our hearts grow and in heaven. And we can receive this love. Because if it were static, we were stuck in one room for eternity, it would get boring, right? Yeah, for sure. So it's just a, a constant growth, a constant growth in, the, in, in love for God. But hell, what is hell? Well, the opposite of that. So absence of God. So I guess a place for the souls who have chosen, as you said, it's a choice to spend eternity separated from God. Yes, and so it's an absence of joy, peace, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. It's just an absence of the fruit of God. And the greatest of these is love. Imagine all eternity without love. And the way we understand love to be is selfless. You know, I just, oh my goodness, just even the thought of that. And it's not just for a moment, it's for eternity. Mm. But the thing is, we don't get to hell by accident. It's, it's the, the choices we make in our lives um, to go to heaven or to... I think when we stand before God and we recognize Jesus, we want to spend eternity with Jesus. We will choose Jesus, I would hope. But also at the same time, if we don't recognize Jesus, if we don't know Jesus we would want to make the choice not to spend eternity with Jesus because we don't know, we don't recognize. When we recognize sin and we recognize um, sort of partying, so to speak, not in a, in a good way, because I like to party as well. It's not, and we recognize the sinful world and we're more comfortable in that, then we, we, we're going to choose that. And God gives us free will to choose that. And Heaven and hell are about, are about free will. So it's not by accident, we choose. We choose. Definitely. And heaven's also a gift, you know, where we've been, Jesus died for everyone and it's because of Jesus' sacrifice on the cross that we can get to heaven. So it's about, um, it's not what you know, but it's who you know. Yes, exactly. It's, it's not what you know, it's, it's who you know. You see, it's not, there's a question like, uh, why, why do good people go, do all good people go to heaven? <laughs> That's yeah, a totally. A common question. Yeah, what well, do good, no, not good people. Goodness is not going to bring you to heaven. It's not about how good you are. It's not what you know. It's not it it's it's who you know. If you are a good person and then you you live a life of sin, you're a good person and then you, uh, on the other side you you're hurting other people. You're a good person but you don't recognize uh, and you don't recognize Jesus in in the lives of others. Then, you see, take this scripture verse where Jesus was on the cross and there was the good thief. Now, he lived a bad life, not a good life, a bad life. 
But he's the only one in scripture we know, out of all of scripture, he's the only person we know is in heaven. Because Jesus said, tonight you will be with me in paradise. He never said that to anyone else. Yeah. We don't have any documentation of anyone being promised heaven except this man. And so at his last minute, he stumbled upon the pearl of great prize. He stumbled upon it. And he happened to be there. And Jesus promised him heaven. And it was not about what he did. It wasn't about his goodness. But it was about God's goodness. It's not who you know. It's not what you know. It's, it's who you know. So it's about... And Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can go into heaven. No one can go to the Father except through me. And so we need to know and to recognize Jesus. Lumen Gentium, I just want to say this, I'm, I hope I'm not complicated, one of the documents of the Vatican Council too, it says this, it says, those who through no fault of their own um, don't know Jesus uh, can still get into heaven, okay? So it's about recognizing Jesus even through others, through our actions, through our actions of love and selflessness. That is Jesus. Jesus, God equals love. Okay, so it's through knowing God, it's through knowing the heart of love of God that we enter the kingdom of heaven. Love personified, it's who you know. Yeah. There was another interesting question Lisa, we were talking about before. Um, yeah, I think a, that. a lot of people who, um, you know, maybe not, aren't necessarily of the faith and who don't really understand Christianity, like a common question that comes up is, how can, how can God be good and allow hell to, hell to exist? Yes. And I think, again, it comes back down to choice. If God yeah. says, OK, you can only choose heaven, then he's taking away our free will. And that's not love. You see, love is allowing freedom. It's allowing choice. It's allowing uh, through our, our lives choices. The, the Satanic Bible talks about this. It says this. It says better to reign in hell than to serve in heaven. And so people think that. People believe that, and who God is not going to take away your freedom to, to um, reign in hell. Okay, well, even though the devil's a big liar, and you're not going to reign in hell, I can tell you this, I can gu mm. guarantee you this. <laughs> but um, at the same time, it's your choice. It's your choice. Why would a God, uh, why would hell exist if there's a God of love? Because God doesn't want to take away our freedom. He doesn't force us to choose him. He gives us the freedom to reject him. And that breaks his heart, and that's the most painful thing. But that is also love. Love comes with freedom and doesn't take away the freedom just because we don't choose that person. Yeah. And so that's why hell exists. God doesn't want us to go to hell. None of us. He wants us to choose him. He says, I put before you life and death. And he says, Jesus, God himself says, choose life. Please choose life. God wants us to choose him. But also at the same time, there's this option of death as well that we have a, a choice to, to make. Yeah. So I think what we do, we've reached the end of our podcast, of our discussion. Alice, I don't know if you have anything else to say or do an interpretative dance for us, for the YouTube followers. <laughs> <laughs> Not much of a dancer. Um, I guess I just wanted to put a challenge to the listeners today. So we spoke about how heaven and is a choice. So I guess the challenge you want to put to the listeners for this week is what can you, what can you do to choose heaven? this week exactly so it's about choosing to know and to do the will of god how can you choose to know and to do the will of god this week so where how can they give us these responses sure so we are all over social media if you're watching us on youtube go to the channel um youtube.com forward slash frg ministry 
on Instagram, we're Catholic Influencers underscore. So leave us a comment, send us a message, or you can send us an email at um, podcast at frgministry.com. Cool. And we also have, have launched this week Church Online. So if you go to frgministry.com forward slash church online, you'll have weekly devotions. There's rosary, there's divine mercy. Also, we're starting a novena as well, starting from next Monday. Um, and also every Sunday we have Sunday Mass. Um, there are charities you can get involved with. The ministry you can get involved with. So many things. Your parish pretty much online as you are in isolation. So get involved. frgministry.com forward slash church online. And if you want to support this FRG ministry, please go to frgministry.com forward slash support dash us. Again, thank you so much for listening. May God bless you. Let his face shine upon you. And may you choose him, the kingdom of God. See you guys.